And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. Okay, I won't say it again, the good times have kept on rolling. And we've got a we've got a new setup for the pod that I'm trying out today. I'm doing it from behind a desk today, eh? Maybe this will give some of my uh, some of my stories about you know getting blind with the lads uh, a bit more legitimacy. You know, I had now now people see I've got a desk. I've got some drawers on this desk. What's in those drawers? Files. It's none of your business, frankly, but they could be. It's mostly just speeding fines. I don't know why I keep them. They're a horrible reminder of mistakes gone by, but they're in there. That's the whole second draw. That's the fines draw. Um, but yeah, I got a new setup and I got a little fake media wall going. I drew up a fake media wall for this uh, this soccer press conference video I did yesterday. So check that out because the materials cost me upwards of $7. So would love to see some traction on that. Get a bit, bit of buy for my buck or bang for you, whoever. And, uh, so yeah, from behind a desk. So the podcast you thought you knew is long gone. Okay. We're talking, we're talking world news. We're talking politics. We're talking science. Um, and, and we're talking, we're talking gender politics as well. Let's just, let's get across all the spectrum. Um, but no, so basically i moved this desk yesterday to do that soccer video I just mentioned. And, um, I just really couldn't be fucked to move it back. So here we are. What a time to be alive. I will say, um, not in the best mood. I continue to plow through the show Nashville, a fantastic program, but it has got way too intense and now I can't stop watching and it's affecting my day-to-day life. Okay. Perfect example. I come in to do the pod today. I wake up fresh, ready to go, pumped, if you will. And I go, I've, I've planned out the, uh, the episode, uh, got a couple of notes going, you know, I've got the desk going, the, I've left the desk where it was. Um, uh, that was a decision that took upwards of 20 minutes. And then I go, let me have a coffee. I'm going to watch 20 minutes of Nashville. And then I'm going to crack into this podcast. First 10 seconds of the episode, plane crash, everyone on board dead, except for one of my favorite characters who guess what will never walk again sick okay awesome what a way to start your wednesday okay now i'm in a strop and i'm in a bad mood because this show has gotten way too fucking full on but i can't stop watching so anyway what a weekend it was there were some good times had i'm not going to beat around the bush um was it eventful i don't know uh let me do my best to try and make it seem as though it were okay if there's been one skill I've got out of this pandemic, it's it's basically spinning a series of events where not much has happened and really fucking going for it on the details and desperately trying to make it entertaining. So here we go again. I will say uh, the weekend that's gone past. Firstly, on the Thursday, Pelican of the Week. Early one. And you know what? It's my own father. I don't think I've given Dad Pelican of the Week before, but well-deserved. Well-deserved from the old fella. I was at a family dinner because I'm a great son. We're doing a, we do a weekly family dinner in the Darcy household. It's great times. Um, and basically, it's, a, it's, it's also a free meal. So when you're out of, out of home, it's, it's double trouble. 
and we're at uh, we're at my mum and dad's place. Whole family's there, my cousin, and uh, we're talking about some of the weddings we've been to because we went to a sick wedding in December. My cousin's one, and then we're like, oh, what about that one? So we went to this one in the Hunter Valley, and I was like, no, no, like remember a couple of years ago we went to so and so's wedding. I go, that was the funnest wedding, and we're all going around talking about these weddings, and it's we're just reminiscing, and it's great. And then dad goes, nah. He stops the whole table. He goes, no way. He goes, year before last, that wedding in Perth, funnest weekend of my life. He goes, the accommodation was sick. Remember we had that huge bonfire afterwards at at, uh, at our hotel. There was like this big bonfire at the hotel. He goes, fuck, we got pierced. He goes, that was honestly the fun, one of the funnest trips we've taken as a family. Best wedding ever. And I'm like, I'm tapping him. I'm sitting next to him. I'm tapping on the leg going, you need to bail out of this story. You need to bail out real quick. I'm going, dad, bail out. And he keeps going. He's like, Fuck, that was fun. He goes, oh my God. I tell you, we're only there for a weekend, but fuck me, time of my life. So much fun. And I go, oh my God. Mum is not looking too pleased. And I go, dad, and I had to break the news to him. I go, dad, that, he goes, whose wedding was that again? I go, dad, that was, um, that, that was Pop's funeral, mate. That was a funeral we went to, you sick fuck. And he's just like, oh, oh, okay. And he just like, it was just so awkward at the table because it was mum, mum's dad. So mum's dad, Pop's funeral, we go over. Yeah, obviously it was, he was dead. It was very sad. It was very sad. But according to my dad, what are the all time piss ups? <laughs> really? I tell you what, you could fucking, you could say, you could say Nazi Germany is invading again. Um, everyone has to get on the front lines tomorrow. You'll almost likely die. But if you put an open bar on that function, my dad would be like, this fucking rules, okay? So my dad spent the last two years thinking some, a funeral we went to, a very sad event, was actually some raucous piss-up that in his mind was most likely a wedding because that's how Lucy got. So mum's sitting there horrified. Dad sort of just left. And I was like, fuck me, dude. Like, get a grip. But it was pretty funny. So that was Pelican of the Week. Just a quick one. Um, and then... He's, and then dad's followed that up with a mugging on Friday. My dad and my sister, because uh, I was picking my brother up on Friday Arvo because he was coming around to the lad pad for a, for a big piss up on Friday. So my dad and my sister go, when you come around to pick your brother up, why don't you just stay for a couple of beers, we'll have a few Friday Arvo drinks. I go, sounds fantastic. You can count me in. Okay. So my sister and my dad both text me in our little family group chat. Um... And they go, come around at four o'clock. I go, well, it's not rocket science. You'll see me there at four. Okay. And I've got a smile on my face. I go, this is fantastic. I get there at four o'clock. Uh, I go, go to my sister. Oi, oi. Hey, hey. How good's this? A few Arvo drinks. She goes, oh, I'm just leaving. She heads off. She goes, yeah, I'm going to a prees. I go, no, this is prees. We're having a couple of drinks here. She goes, yeah, nah. She, so she gets in an Uber. See you later. I go, oh, well, I'll just have a few beers with dad. No stress. Get dad on the blow. He goes, oh, mate, I'm at, a, I'm at a boozy lunch in the city. Um, Apparently some bloke at his office got laid off. He goes, yeah, I won't be home f- for ages. I go, you're kidding. So you've both invited me around. You're not even at the fucking house. So I just sat there and waited for mum to come home from work. I was like, this is embarrassing. This is my Friday afternoon. How dare you be so careless with my Friday? Okay, I know what you're thinking, Bill. You don't have a job. Every day's Friday. All right, but I still like to pretend as though I've earned a Friday Arvo beverage. So it was one of the great muggings. I did appreciate it. And it's just like, 
I couldn't believe it. You don't invite someone over if you're not even going to be there. You know? It's like me going, yeah, meet me at this pub in the city at 7pm. You call me up, I go, what? No, I'm not going to that pub. What are you doing there? You know, embarrassing. But then, Friday night, I will say this, we had a bit of a, a gathering. Now, I'm not sure what the current restrictions are in Sydney. I'm pretty sure they're quite loose. But I'd like to go on the record and say we had 21 friends over. 21. Count them. It was between 15 and 30. It was in there somewhere. So so we had all the lads around, big fire. And if I may say so, we were carrying on. Okay? Now, there's these, there's these two sisters up the road who we hang out with sometimes. And they're great girls. All right? Now, this was strictly a lads night. I was very, very clear on that. My sister said, can her and her friends come over? I said, are you lads? They said, we're not. I said, well, you can't come over because it's a goddamn lads night. Okay? Now... These sisters, they, they text us going, what are you guys up to? We go, oh, we're having a lads night, a few friends over. What are you guys doing? One of them says, oh, I've got a dinner. We go, sweet, whatever. No stress, no harm, no foul. The sisters rock up uninvited to the lads night, okay? Happy to see him. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But then one of the, the older sister goes, I'm still going to my dinner. I'm just here to drop her off. Like it's a fucking play date or something. I go, okay, right. And then, so now, we got 20 blokes and one girl. And the conversation around the fire is, at times, a little blue, okay? This poor girl's having the worst time of her life. I said to her, I said, feel free to leave whenever, okay? Because it's just, it's a bad news bear. The ratio's horrendous. The chat is just very laddie, you know? It's just, ugh. I mean, it's, quite frankly, some of these blokes are absolutely disgusting, okay? And I'll go out on a limb and say that. Um, some of the, uh, yeah, I'm talking... People are talking about, they're talking about drugs, alcohol. Some of them were talking about sex. Some of them were talking about some, some pretty explicit TV shows. Horrible, ghastly stuff. So then, so we got this, we got this one girl and it's just, I'm just, I feel embarrassed for her, but at the same time, no one invited her over. So it's kind of like, is this our fault? You know, she's obviously having a terrible time, but she wasn't invited. So it's like. I don't know who's at fault here. I really don't. Um, so then the older sister comes back an hour later and she goes, yeah, I cut my dinner short. I didn't want to leave my little sister here with all you guys. And she's like insinuating that we're like a bunch of creeps. I go, oh, right. Yeah. She goes, I just, I was worried about it. You know, with all these guys here, you know, I just didn't want to leave her alone. I'm thinking you're the one who fucking brought her here. Okay. You, you come around uninvited, you drop her off. And then you come back an hour later and goes, I can't believe all you creeps are with my sister. It's like, what the fuck is going on? This is the biggest reverse malachi of all time. Invite yourself over and then have a go at us for being at our house. It was, the whole thing was bizarre. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever, it was one of the great muggings because it's like, she, she's having a go at me being like, you know, like there's just lads here. Like what's going on? And I go, I told you it's a lads night. I couldn't have been more clear. I there was no at, no, at no point was an invite extended. So you, you've crashed the lads night and then you're having a go. Anyway, okay. I, it still pisses me off. That's clear. Um, but that was just like, I was like, okay, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, you know? And I still don't know what to say. It still bemuses me. But anyway, one of the lads brought round this absolute soul taker of a bong on Friday night. I haven't seen a bong this big in quite some time. 
And I've been smoking a bit of weed lately, so I see this fucking, you know, this thing's like half a meter tall, made out of glass. I, I look at this thing, I go, whatever. Another day, another dollar, okay? I'm pretty much Snoop Dogg. I've smoked weed regularly for upwards of six weeks. I I am from the West Coast, okay? Um, I grew up in Compton. Snoop's my boy. And there's there's really no weed on the planet that could take me down, Okay. And I was quickly put in my place by this bong. I tell you what, this thing was taken souls. This bong. Um, it was it was bad. One of the lads was carrying on. He had a moustache, so I think he thought he could handle it a bit better than he than he could. He goes, Yeah, the thing with bong hits is they don't really affect me. He goes, edibles really fuck me up. And we started we the bong came out uh, at about midnight when everyone's already had about 46 schooners. So this thing's really taken names. And uh Yeah, my mate goes, Yeah, um, mate, edibles are the only thing that fuck me up. So he hits this bong a couple of times. Half an hour later, we're stretching him into my room. He was, he was fucking could barely get up. Then the bong comes around to me and I go, I go, whatever, this thing's taking names. Like I said, I'm from the West Coast. Okay, I'm pretty much the biggest stoner on the planet. I think we can all agree. Um, so I, I hit this thing and I'm hitting it pretty hard in, in the hopes of winning the respect of the group. Now, so I start to hit this bong and... The lads, halfway through, Adam's next to me, my mate. He starts tapping the shoulder, go, probably ease up, Bill. Whoa, 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 ease up, ease up. And a few of the lads are like, all right, Bill, ease up. And then in my head, they are saying ease up. But in my head, I'm hearing, keep going. You are winning our respect. In my head, I hear, you will be the alpha of the night if you pull this off. So I fucking hit this bong and like... Uh, halfway through, I wasn't hitting this bong. This bong was hitting me, okay? I was, in, I was in a world of trouble. And I was absolutely fucking out to lunch after this thing, I tell you. I was firmly put in my place. And, um, yeah, I could be... I, I was absolutely strapped to the chair I was sitting in. So that was highly embarrassing. Um, meanwhile, the two sisters are still there going, what, what, where are all the girls? I'm, I'm thinking, what is happening? Ugh. Paint me sheepish, okay? I was absolutely... Face down on the couch at about midnight. And was I embarrassed? I don't know. Not really. Are you supposed to be embarrassed? I don't know. I was not. But anyway, so that was Friday. Is this interesting? Feels not not interesting. Saturday, I will say, was embarrassing from start to finish. I'll give you a quick, just a quick thing on this. Um, So basically, me and Adam, our old soccer team was having a piss up. And they said, just come along. We're just get, having schooners. We go, fuck yeah. Sounds great. We rock up to this to this piss up. Anyone's invited. It was blatantly a, a team meeting where only people who were in the team were invited. It was extremely awkward we showed up. We shouldn't have been there. They were talking about strategy and the season ahead. And we're just sitting there. We don't even play for this fucking team. It was very bizarre. So that was extremely embarrassing. Then we go to this Chinese restaurant after... Big old booze, boozy Chinese. Now, I'll be very candid. There's nothing I enjoy more than a boozy Chinese. And this is great due to coronavirus, I assume, or maybe just the fact that this Chinese restaurant is in fact not very good. Um, the food there is terrible. Um, and also the service, they're actively rude to you at this Chinese restaurant. But it's walking distance from our house and it's quite reasonably priced. So, so we got this Chinese restaurant. We had the whole restaurant to ourselves. How good is that? Whole restaurant to ourselves. We're absolutely carrying on. Uh, freaking, like, we're, we're filming TikToks. 
which sounds a lot lamer now that I just said that out loud. Um, <laughs> filmed a couple of TikToks. Fucking, I think one of the lads was smoking a cigarette at the table. I asked the chick if I could put my tunes in over the Bluetooth speaker. She said no, but, you know, I had the coach to ask. And it was great. It was so much fun. We had the whole restaurant to ourselves. Absolute maximum carry-on. Um, and it's great because usually when we go to Chinese, we have a great time, but we ruin everyone else's time. You know, there's like a family on the table next to us. I'm like swinging around in my chair, swilling red wine, like screaming like, Tim Payne is Australia's greatest captain. You're a fucking dog if you don't think so. Like it's, yeah, usually we, we're quite, we ruin everyone else's time. So it was good just to have a guilt-free carry on. Um, and then we went home. How embarrassing is this? We went home and put on the podcast story, my podcast story of the last time we went to the Chinese restaurant. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm aware how fucking weird this is. Um, so we're, uh, we're, we're watching me tell the story of last time we went to the same restaurant. I know, I know. And then me and Adam stayed up to 2am waiting for these girls to come around. At like midnight, they were like, they were like, yes, yeah, we we'll be over there in 15 minutes. That's what I thought anyway. Turns out Adam was so blind. Uh, we were pretty, pretty drunk. And uh, et cetera. And I go, mate, at like 2 a.m., I go, mate, they're clearly not coming. I'm going to bed. I go, what, what was their last message? I go, well, did, did they message you again saying they're not coming? Turns out they said, what's the address? Adam was so drunk, in his head, he's replied, but he never actually replied to them. He never gave these girls the address to come around. So we just sat up for two hours waiting for girls who were never coming. Again, I don't know what to tell you. It was an embarrassing Saturday night. I'm not going to lie. On this podcast, we get candid. Um, the whole pretty weekend was nothing, nothing short of degrading and that's just how it is. Okay. But when the, when the pandemic's over and I have some cool stories, you'll know they're true because I've come clean on all these terrible ones. So that's just how it is. All right. So that's the weekend. I hope that was fucking mildly amusing. Um, one thing I will say, even if some of these stories seem a bit boring, I am desperately trying to make them entertaining. So don't think I'm fucking pulling your leg with this with these garbage yarns. I'm trying to make them fun. But anyway, something a bit different. How's this? So, like I said, a few opportunities came my way last week. Very, you know, media and whatnot. Now, you can't get too excited when, when you know, you get a phone call from someone about something that might or may not happen because... Like, like I said, I, I actually have never gotten anything that someone has called me for or I've auditioned for or anything like that. I'm, so I don't get too excited. I've been laughed out of most TV and radio stations uh, in this city. So, you know, but, and you know, you don't want to get too, you never want to think you're too good for an opportunity or uh, something's beneath you or anything like that. But, but it goes both ways, you know, like. There's been times where I thought I was God's gift, you know, auditioning for something or doing radio demos. I was like, fuck yeah, I've nailed that. And they were like, you suck. Okay. So you don't want to be too arrogant. Um, but then also sometimes you've got to fucking advocate for yourself a bit and be like, I am worth more than this. Like not in an arrogant way, but sometimes there'll be people who look at you and think your worth is one thing. And you've got to be like, Actually, I think I'm worth this. And this happened. This is one of those times. So basically, 
Same day, I get two calls. The first one is from the casting director for Big Brother, okay? Uh, they're doing another season of Big Brother. Now, from what I can tell in the zeitgeist, this current season is doing horrifically. But I don't watch it, so I don't want to speak out of school. And I'm such a fucking idiot. I asked the guy, I go, is the current season doing well? And, and the casting director of Big Brother said, yeah, this season's going really well. And I believed him. As if, as if he has no agenda, no bias to say, actually, no one... As if he would ever say to me, actually, no one's watching this season. You know? So that, but that's how gullible I am. I, I told one of the lads that, and they pointed out, of course, he would say it's doing well. So, I am an idiot. Um, but he goes... He, he was like, I'd love to have you come in for a meeting. I think you'd be really good on the show. And I'm, I'm thinking, big brother. I go, I don't know. I... I go, I'm already, I'm thinking I'm already on my way to a career. You know, I, I can do this. There will be, even if right now I'm doing a fucking podcast out of my bedroom and I haven't done a gig in three months or whatever, you know, I like to think I'm on my way to a career. But then you start to think, well, I don't know. I mean, like this would give you so many more Instagram followers. You'd sell out your, your tour next year. You get so many more opportunities for it. You probably end up on the radio like fucking every other kind who goes on that show. And then I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I should go on Big Brother. Or they weren't like, you definitely go on the show, but they take a meeting. Then I'm thinking, maybe I should. And and a few guys are like, a few of my mates are like, yeah, dude, you should go on Big Brother. And then I get another call about uh, this possible tour. Again, it's just, just like a, not like a rock solid opportunity, but they're like, maybe we might need an opener for this tour. What would your fee be? Um, but they go, we're not sure if we're even going to have an opener. We're just sort of, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Spitballing ideas, whatever. They say, what would be your fee? I say, this would be the fee plus, um, obviously, accommodation and transport covered. And the guy goes, "You, we'd have to pay for your transport and accommodation. And I go, and I'm thinking, of course you have to pay for my accommodation and transport. I'm not going to fucking drive myself all over New South Wales, put myself up in a motel. I'll be making a goddamn loss, you know? So then I'm starting to think, these guys don't even think they should have to pay for my accommodation. I'm, so I'm thinking, what the fuck is going... Am I some sort of a mug? Do people think I'm like the worst comedian in Australia or something? I, I should go on Big Brother and fucking go on this tour, but only if I pay for everything myself. I'm like, I'm thinking, am I the worst comedian in Australia? Like, these opportunities are fucking borderline disrespectful. Like... And then, and this is where you got to think, you got to actually have some self-esteem and just advocate for yourself a bit and go, no, okay, I'm not going on fucking Big Brother, all right? I'm Billy Darcy. I, even though, like, I can do this. I will be fine long-term, all right? Eventually, there will be some sort of career here for me. You know, I can do this. I don't need to go on a reality show to fucking get some, you know, inject 50,000 followers and, and sort of, you know, cheat code it to the top or whatever, you know? And then you go, and then you, and if I'm going on tour, you're covering my expenses, okay? I'm not fucking making a loss on the show. Like, you know what I mean? So it's important to be humble. It's important to, you know, know, know your, but yeah, it's important to be humble, but it's, it's also important to know your own worth. And, you know, whether that's comedy or, you know, accounting or fucking PR, I don't know, PE teaching, whatever you're doing, you know, sometimes you got to go in and be like, Look, I'm worth more than this, you know? Maybe you've been working at a company for three years, you've never had a raise, you go, 
I need an extra five grand, dude. I'm killing this, all right? Or, you know, I need I need a company car, whatever it is. Sometimes you've just got to be like, dude, what the fuck? No, I'm worth more than this, okay? Okay, this is what I'm worth. And you can either get on board or you can hit the bricks, okay? And this was one of those rare times. You know, I'm usually grateful for every opportunity. And I was grateful for these ones. You know, these guys were really nice guys offering me these, uh, you know, they weren't even like hardcore opportunities, but like just these ideas. They were really nice guys, but but in their mind, I was worth something. And that is significantly below what I think I'm worth. And so then you got to say, this is what, you know, you got to advocate for yourself. So maybe that's something, a, a lesson, if you will. It must be the new desk. I've just dropped a lesson. Hey, eh? there's no way without this desk, I'm able to drop such wisdom. Okay, so maybe something you can use in your own life, especially with a lot of people, you know, looking for new jobs and stuff. Make sure you get what you're worth out there, team. But th- anyway, this caught my attention in the uh, the media. I know this is, this caught my attention in the media. So the Warriors lost to the uh, the Melbourne Storm like 60 nil. Okay, embarrassing, embarrassing. I'm not the biggest NRL fan, but I'm a sports fan, and uh, it's embarrassing. But how's this? Afterwards, the Melbourne Storm captain. Cam Smith goes into the sheds of the Warriors team and and goes, don't worry, lads, you'll be all right. Like, keep at it. (laughs) Which has got to be the most degrading, condescending thing you could ever do to another human being. You've just put 60 points on these losers, you know. They're away from home, the Warriors. They're doing it tough. But imagine that. You've just been absolutely trounced. It's embarrassing. And then the captain of the other team thinks so little of you. He comes over. And gives you a pep talk. Like you're a fucking child. You know? Hey guys, don't worry about the loss. I thought you were real good out there, you know? I saw some good signs. As I was running over for my fourth try of the match, I thought, fuck, these guys are actually not bad, are they? They're not bad at all, you know? I reckon, honestly, if that happened to me, I'd honestly just get up and walk out. I'd be like, I get it, we suck. But no one deserves this level of, of condescension. In my, and I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he was really nice to them and stuff, but I would have just let it be, you know. Have they not suffered enough? You know, they've just had to listen to their own captain tell them they suck. Now they've got the opposition captain coming in going, no, you're okay. You're, you're a good player. And the reason this resonated with me was because uh, years ago, me and the lads put together an AL6 uh, soccer team, Division 6, if you're not familiar with the system. And we thought this will be a bit of a laugh. A few of the guys had never even played soccer before. Um, obviously, I'm nothing short of exceptional on the pitch. Um, they call me Jamboree because I control the action in the center, you know. They call me Glue Darcy because I hold everyone together. Um, but no, we were a very average team. But we thought Division 6, this will be hilarious. Round 1, we lost 11-0. Okay? 11-0. Now... I can't even begin to describe the morale when you're picking the seventh goal out of the net in the 40th minute. You know, we came back in the second half to only let let in four goals. You know, we really hit our stride by only letting in four goals in the second half. And their captain came over to us after the game and said, hey guys, great effort today. I just want to let you know before you continue the season, there is actually a Division 7 comp. Maybe you should play in that. And that is the most condescending, meanest thing anyone has ever said to me, I think. Hey guys, are you aware there's a Division 7? We were aware, mate. What we were frighteningly unaware of was how bad our team was. Okay, but we've already registered 
you know for a fact we can't change competitions now, okay? The team's been registered, the comps have been set up, the draws are out, you know we can't change competitions. You have merely cam-smithed us, you've come over post-game to rub salt into the wound, okay? You're a twice-divorced bald dad, and you can absolutely get the fuck out of our face, okay? Was it not enough that you put 11 into the back of the net, okay? We were all 18, we are on our P's, we couldn't even have a beer after the game. We're all sitting there sober, this bald fuck comes over with a beer and informs us that there is, in fact, a Division 7. Hit the bricks, mate, okay? And so I felt for the Warriors, because I've been there. I've been there, lads. I feel for you. But right now, I want to talk about something that is truly remarkable, okay? This is a man who has continued to go above and beyond. Um, This is a man who, when people said, you can't go further, he says, watch me, okay? This is a man who strives for greatness, gets there and goes, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm talking about former Australian cricket captain Michael Clark. This guy is unbelievable. Okay? Unbelievable. For years, he dated Lara Bingle. Okay? Quite frankly, one of the hottest chicks to ever walked the earth. Whatever. Her personality, I've found, I've personally found to be a bit uncouth, but like I said, there's no denying her physical beauty. Um, personally, if someone's just come off the back of dating Brennan Favola, that's a big old red flag for Billy D. You know, just knowing that the Fevmeister has been on top of your woman is just haunting. Quite frankly, that big old sweaty fuck. But uh, but Michael Clark, he's, he's not as insecure as me. He dated Lara Bingle and was engaged to her. And then he broke off the engagement. Everyone says, well, Clarky, you know, you may be Australia's captain, but you're only human. You won't be getting better than Lara. And he said, I'm not done yet. And we all said, okay, mate, get your head out of the clouds. You know, there's nowhere to go. You're on top of the mountain. And he said, watch me. Enter Kylie Clark. Now, she had a last name before Clark. I don't know what it was because I didn't know who she was before. She married the great Michael Clark himself. This girl was even hotter than Lara Bingle. And we all said, what the fuck is going on? Okay, he proved us wrong. And Clark, he sat there, he said, he said, don't underestimate, uh, he said, don't underestimate me. Don't underestimate me ever again. And we said, okay, Clark, but seriously, now... You're on top of the mountain. You're not going to get better than Kylie Clark. And then he divorces Kylie Clark. Um, I'm not familiar with their marriage, but I can only assume she was at fault. Um, Because Michael Clark is one of the greats. But but now we say, all right, Clark, enough's enough, mate. You know, there's nowhere to go now. There's nowhere to go. And he said, uh, he said, Bill, I'm going to stop you right there. I said, Clarkie, you're on top of the mountain. You've summited Everest. You've gone above that. There's nowhere to go. Come down the mountain. Get yourself a nice girl and, and live on earth with the rest of us. He said, Bill, I'm not done yet, okay? And he started dating possibly the hottest chick on the planet. Is that for me to say? Well, I guess so, because I don't think any other podcasts are covering this. <laughs> um, and the king reaches for another vine and he, he grabs onto... Fashion mogul Pip Edwards. Now, I'm not familiar with Pip's work, but I gave her Instagram a quick browse and I am now a fan, okay? 
I'm not sure if she makes jackets or shoes or what, but I saw a yoga shot that really caught my attention. Um, she is a phenomenally attractive woman, and Clarkie has done it again. He can't be stopped. He won't be stopped. And I think as a nation, uh, we should never underestimate this man again, okay? I would like to see a Last Dance-style doco on Clarkie's love life, okay? Because just like Jordan, he goes above and above and above what us humans think is possible. And uh, I honestly just, my hat is off to him. It really is. Uh, what do we know about this Pip Edwards? Firstly, uh, she's a fashion mogul, apparently. Love it. I am extremely turned on by chicks who are like a weapon at something. Like, if a chick's like a pro pro surfer or like a, you know, a lawyer or something fucking cool or, you know, and uh, I think that's just attractive probably across all humans, you know. Someone who's really good at what they do. Love it. So she's a, she's a fashion mogul. The only other thing I know about her is my mate, um, my mate Andrew, whose Instagram handle is Chills, he said this Pip Bird used to do bags with the lads back in the day, eh? And I'm not saying I don't believe him. I'm just saying that he spells chills with a Z on the end. So you can make up your own mind about that. Um, but poor Clarkie, the only thing is that uh, this girl Pip Edwards has a 12-year-old son, okay? Fair play. I don't know this kid from a bar of soap, but his name is Justice Maximus. Justice Maximus, okay? Now, it's bad enough you've got to freaking, you know, look after someone else's kid just because you want to you, you want to get with the hottest fashion mogul in Sydney. But, but his name's Justice Maximus. Oh, my God. I don't know this kid, but I sincerely hope he's being bullied daily. Um... If a kid called Justice Maximus is not being bullied at school, I think capitalism will crumble around us. I really do. I think that's how communism started. I think communism started, there was some, there was a, a young boy named Harmony in, in freaking Russia and no one bullied him. No one bullied Harmony. And they just, the whole system fell apart and communism rose. I think. I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, imagine, mate, poor Clarky. imagine you, you go over to see the missus and freaking Justice comes out of his bedroom like, Hey, Clarky, can I show you a new hip-hop dance? You're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, where's your mum? Dear God. I mean, she's hot, but is anyone worth this garbage, you know? You ask him if he wants to go to the Nets and he shows you his fucking stamp collection. It's like, Justice, go back to your room, mate, okay? We're sick of you. But Clarky's done it again. I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. And I tell you what, if he breaks up with this girl, I don't know who he's going to get with next. Probably Kendall Jenner. The guy's unbelievable. But yes, so. I don't want to wait for her. All right, so next bit. I will say, just on this whole dating thing, speaking of blokes really kicking out of the park, Dolph Lundgren. If you're not familiar with Dolph, he played Ivan Drago in Rocky Four, possibly, in my opinion, the best Rocky. Um, that was where Rocky defeated not only a man, but he also defeated communism and, uh, unbelievable. So Dolph Lundgren, he's in his sixties. He's just got engaged to a girl 38 years younger than him. Wow. Okay. And he got trolled mercilessly. He put up a, um, same age as his daughter. Okay. This girl, he put up a thing saying, congrats. Everyone's in the comments going, so happy for your daughter getting engaged. Who's the lucky man? This sort of stuff. He just got he just got put to the sword on Instagram, as he should be. 
38 years his junior. Um, especially in the Chris D'Elia era, you know. Chris D'Elia was 36 hitting up 18-year-olds. Dolph Lundgren said, Chris, hold my beer, okay? Hold my beer. Now, Dolph's missus is like 27 or something, so obviously a bit more above board than the old uh, old Chris D'Elia business. But, um, but I will say, to be fair to Dolph Lundgren, to Ivan Drago, him at 67 or whatever he is, he's still a much better sort than most 27-year-old guys. He's clearly been on the gear for years and years. Um, he's got like great Russian genetics or whatever. Um, he's great teeth, fantastic hairline. I mean, you'd struggle to find a stronger hairline in a freaking year 12 school photo. You know, there's always that one kid who was fucking balding in year 11. And it was like, fuck, dude, you need to lock down a girl before the before the formal because you don't have long left. You're going to be a cue ball at 19 and no one's going to want you. So Dolph Lundgren, He's still an unbelievable sort. So I think I'm going to give him a pass, you know. I think when you're that good looking, I think it's honestly all above board. You know, when you see like the 70-year-old guy and he looks 90 and he's all crippled, but he's a multi-millionaire. He's got like a 24-year-old on his arm. That's bad news, Bear. That's a that's weird. I don't like that. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Fair play to Ivan Drago, I'll say that. Uh, a couple, last thing on, I guess, it's been a sporty pod. It's been a sporty pod. But I will say, just back on, um, just back on Nick Kyrgios from last week, he's been, he's been copying more on Twitter. So one of the players from that, uh, from that tennis tournament where people tested positive for COVID said he was going to isolate for 14 days. Six days later, he was at the fucking, he was at the pub, wasn't he? Having a good old time. Um, he's, he's, He's a famous tennis player. He was caught on multiple cameras carrying on at the pub when he was supposed to be isolating. Tennis legend Boris Becker comes out and has a go at Nick Kyrgios and says, you're a rat. You know, athletes, what happens on the court or in the locker rooms should stay between athletes. You know, you've broken the trust. Nick Kyrgios, you know, he goes, he goes, Boris Becker, you're a legend of the sport. Step into my web. Okay. You may be a legend on the court, but this is Twitter, bruh, and you're about to be taken to town. And that's what happened. Uh, Nick Kyrgios absolutely tore Boris Becker. Why Boris Becker has Twitter is beyond me. Hey, Boris, go visit your grandkids. Why are you on Twitter? But anyway, Boris Becker has said, what happens, you know, there's a code between athletes. You don't divulge what everyone's up to. And I'll be the first to say this. It's pretty obvious to me that Boris Becker rampantly cheated on his missus during his tennis career and wants it to be kept under wraps. Okay, now Boris, that's your business, mate. And it's just a theory, but I know it's true. Um, Listen, mate, we're in a worldwide pandemic right now, okay? Just because you played up on your missus in the 80s and did a bunch of blow, don't have a go at Nick Kyrgios now because he doesn't want anyone to die, all right? This whole confidence between fucking athletes, all this garbage, I don't know what this is about, mate, okay? Um, If you want to fucking, you know, fuck your French maid, that's your business, mate. But if I see you, I'm going to take a video and it's going on Pornhub. All right, that's my business, Boris. That's my business. So don't have a go at the king of Twitter, Nick Kyrgios, for being a rat. A rat. That's such an old person thing to say. You know, this isn't the Great Depression. We're not calling... He didn't give information to the Soviets, okay? Get off Twitter. Stop calling people a rat. Go visit your great grandkids and try and look your wife in the eye after all that weird shit you did in the 80s. Okay? You can absolutely back off King Kyrgios. He's disposed of you on Twitter. 
I don't think Boris Becker listens to my podcast, but if he did, I hope that found its mark. And I just want to tell one last story to end. All right. So I used to work at this shopping center. Bam. This is a good story. Um, so the thing with shopping centers is a lot of people that go to them are absolute cunts. Okay. So I was in the, uh, the car park office at this shopping center and this guy comes up to the, to the office and people would come and get their parking validated. A lot of old people would lose their cars and then they'd come to the office and you'd be like, you'd find out later they got the bus in. They never even fucking, they never even drove to the center. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, so anyway, this guy, um, 40 years old, Italian, real greasy bloke, this guy, greasy for all the wrong reasons, you know, he was shining in the sun, but then I looked up and it was cloudy. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, this guy's buys petroleum jelly by the vat. Okay. And what would happen was if someone, um, you know, parked in a no parking area, like an ambulance zone or something like that, um, we had these just stickers that said parking violation. You just put it on the car. All right, you just pull the stickers off. It's absolutely no. It's you, we couldn't find them or anything. It was there were really no consequences. So anyway, this guy parked diagonally across two disabled spots. Okay, I'm not making this up. And I will say, if you park in a disabled spot and you're not disabled, you are scum. Okay, I saw it happen all the fucking time at this shopping center, and it was. It just made you honestly lose faith in humanity when people are, are parking in disabled spots and then you'd see like a 28-year-old woman get out in like fucking fitness gear and run into the center. And they just had, and a lot of them had the disabled sticker because like they you know just borrowed their nans who didn't drive anymore. And it was just like, oh, you're just the worst kind of person. And then you'd see someone who really needed the spot drive past and there wasn't any available. And it's just like, oh. But the thing is, if there was a Venn diagram, and, and, and the other, so two things with this, when people park in a disabled spot and they shouldn't be, if you confront them, they will say, how dare you? You don't know what disability I have. And they, there's, a, there's like a 1% chance they have some weird disability um, that, you, that you don't know about. And, uh, and then you look like a fucking idiot. Um, and I've, that happened to me before. Um, so you can't really confront them. Or the other thing is, if it's a guy who parks in a disabled spot, you better believe if the sort of bloke who parks in a disabled spot when he's not disabled is also the sort of bloke who will fight you on two seconds notice because he, he's had enough. So you got to be, it's, it's fucking awkward as shit and I hate it. And so this guy parks across two disabled spots. I go, mate, you cop on a sticker, absolutely get fucked. He comes to the office and he goes, he, go, he, go, <laughs> he goes, you've put a sticker on my car. I go, correct. And he's furious. I go, correct. He goes, why? I go, you parked diagonally across two disabled spots and you don't have a disabled sticker. I go, mate, you've, you've taken out two wheelchairs with one stone. Okay. It's obvious why I put the sticker on there. And he goes, he goes, yeah, so? And I go, well, you're not disabled, mate. You're not disabled. You've parked across two disabled spots. I can't be more clear. 
And he goes, yeah, but I drove around for 10 minutes and I couldn't find anywhere to park. I go, okay, sick. Um, are we just stating irrelevant facts at this point? I go, well, I had Subway for lunch. What's your point, mate? You drove around for 10 minutes. There's spots everywhere, you fucking idiot. And he goes, yeah, well, I also spent $700 in the center today. I don't think this is how you should treat someone who's poured that much money into your business. I go, right, 700 bucks, mate. Okay, you should have told me, brother. You should have told me because because $700 is actually the threshold around here for you to treat disabled people like absolute shit, you know? Yeah, once you spend your $700, dollar, you can just fucking kick a guy in a wheelchair over, you know, spit on some bloke with autism. Go nuts, mate. Go nuts. It's a free ride around here. You fucking cunt. Are you bloody genuine right now? And I go, I go, look, dude. You've, I go, I can't, I, I don't, are you being genuine right now? I go, the sticker's not, I go, just pull the sticker off yourself, mate. And he goes, well, um, I've got to pay $30 for my parking. I'm not paying for it. I go, what the fuck? I go, look, dude, just pay for your parking. All right. Go to the Exegate. I pay for your parking. I go, I'm not dealing with this. I go, you're literally, I'm trying to be civil, but I'm thinking you're the worst person I've ever come across. So then he goes to the exit gate and from the office, I can like disable the machines or whatever. So I put, I put the gate out of order and then like disable the, um, the fucking help button. So he's stuck at this exit gate and the, and the machine's turned off. I'll, and he's stuck there for about 10 minutes, just blowing up. Then he goes to another exit gate, but I can see him on the cameras. So I disable that machine as well. So he, co- he comes back to the office furious. He goes, mate, your machines aren't working. I go, yes, they are. And he goes, they're not working. I go, mate, they're working. He goes, well, I was supposed to pay $25. Now I've been here for an extra half hour. I owe 40. I go, mate, you're the worst bloke I've ever met in my life. Go and pay your $40, okay? I go, he goes, they don't work. I go, you've got to press the ticket before, before you pay. And he goes... He goes, oh, okay. I go, it says on the machine. He goes, it doesn't say it. I go, oh, it says it in Braille. And, and he goes, what? I go, it says it in Braille, mate. Yeah, you just got to read it with your fingers. And I, he goes, well, I'm not blind. I don't read Braille. I go, oh, I thought you were disabled, mate. And he goes, no, I'm not disabled. I go, oh, you're not disabled. Well, then why the fuck were you parked across two disabled spots, you absolute piece of shit? And I just slammed the window in his face. I go, mate, hit the fucking bricks, dude. Okay. You absolutely suck. And then he went back to the exit gate. I left there for another 20 minutes. Kept this guy at the center for like an extra hour and a half. And he was a tradie. I knew he had somewhere to be. And it's just like, fuck, dude. And it's moments like those you just think, is there any humanity in these people, you know? What an absolute cunt. And, uh... So, yeah. That was the end of that. But, Jesus Christ. Worst bloke I've ever come across in my life. And it's times like those you just think, fuck me, what a fuck, ugh. ugh, you know, what a piece of shit. So anyway, that is the pod for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, check out that, I did a Division 7 soccer press conference video. Pretty funny, I thought, but you know, give it a look, see if you like it. Um, and yeah, as always, if you'd like to support me, if you could tag a mate in a Facebook stand-up video, that is ideal. But anyway, other than that, um, thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's on the me, don't you wait too long, way too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.